and welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha. I'm Jordan Crook. And I'm Daryl Etherington. And this week we are going to review Hamilton, which I think most of the people listening have a general sense of what Hamilton is, but just a refresher for those of you who for some reason have chosen to ignore its existence. It is a hit Broadway musical from back in 2015, and right before the original cast left in 2016, they recorded the stage version of the show. So this is not Hamilton transformed into a movie the way most movie musicals are. This is just a recording of the stage show. And they sat on it for a few years, and it was released last weekend on Disney+. Plus. So maybe we can start by just talking a little bit about had we listened to the soundtrack, were we Hamilton Hamill fans, to use the really obnoxious phrase? Um, what was their familiarity with Hamilton? I didn't have virtually any except for karaoke experiences, basically. So, so wait, you do karaoke without me then? Because I don't no, remember anyone doing Hamilton at karaoke. I'm sure Greg or... Maybe even Anthony. I don't know if you did. Somebody did Hamilton at some point. Chris Velasco and I, our our former colleague, although we're still part of the same corporate umbrella, he and I actually went to see Hamilton together. And since then, he will always do my shot at karaoke. (laughs) That's a good song, though. I get it. Yeah. But yeah, that was it. And I had tickets to go see it. And then the tickets were refunded because of the coronavirus. So that was... Because it was coming to Toronto for the first time. First time, yeah. Yeah, I uh, didn't ever get a chance to go see Hamilton. I, I like pretty much limit my playgoing experiences to the super hits and wanted to see Hamilton. But like it felt for a long time like the price just never went down. Like I remember I saw Wicked twice, like years and years after Adina Menzel and... Um, what's her name? Kristen Chenoweth were in the cast and like the prices went down pretty considerably and it was all over the place and I loved it. But then it just seemed like the Hamilton prices just never did that. And I couldn't afford it to be honest, but I always wanted to see it. And I, I I think that also like, I don't know about you, Anthony, and maybe you Daryl, because education systems outside of the United States are so much better. Like, do you remember learning about Hamilton in no. history class? And What I remember is, A, reading the Federalist Papers, or some, you know, a little bit of the Federalist Papers and having Hamilton come up and being like, Jesus Christ, I can't read this. This is so boring. Fuck you, Alexander Hamilton. And then the, uh, the milk commercial, the milk commercial about the duel. Oh, see, I don't remember that, but I do remember... I remember learning about the duel and I remember thinking like, this could be the only exciting thing that happens in history class. Like I actually, and I like still to this day, like remember learning about this duel and how like, you know, I was so sad that Burr killed Hamilton. Like it just felt really sad and unfair, but like, yeah, that's about my familiar familiarity and i always get the trivial pursuit question right who wrote the federalist papers or what did alexander hamilton write or whatever Mm. the federalist papers but i didn't know like all of the intricacies of the story right like with the schuyler sisters or at least didn't remember learning about any of that um or how he like fought in the revolutionary war like all of that kind of gets glazed over so that's where i'm at yeah 
So I definitely went yeah. through a period in 2015, 16, where I was pretty obsessed. Like, not exceptionally so. I think there was just a huge swath of the population, especially in New York, that went Hamilton crazy for a year or so. And I was one of them. Um, so I listened to the soundtrack first on Spotify. And then, as I said, uh, Chris Velasco and I, we just one day decided to go on StubHub. And, you know, the tickets were a few hundred dollars, which at the time seemed not insane to us. So we were just like, all right, we'll get tickets for tonight um, for, you know, a few hundred bucks each. And and went to see it, you know, and got, you know, I have a playbook with Lin-Manuel Miranda and David Diggs' signature. So you saw them, I them saw the original in cast. the cast? Yeah. Wow. And you said a few hundred dollars? I feel like the when, when I was looking at it, it was like fucking six hundred dollars or something am i, I think crazy we got in a little early like when it was still it was big but it wasn't as big as it would get i mean it wasn't right. like this obscure play but it was not the like thousand dollars per ticket kind of yeah like it was an outrageous yeah and i really wanted to see it and i don't do that very often but i knew like you know certain things get these like stellar reviews and you're like oh man i really wanted to see evan hansen too and i I just couldn't get someone to go with me to Evan Hansen. That wasn't. Well, when Broadway yeah, comes was... back, we'll go see Broadway together. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Because I do enjoy it. There's something, it's like kind of like, uh, and I, I maybe this segues into our review a little yeah. bit, but like, I, I was delighted. I'll just say like overall, I was delighted. I thought it was like lovely and fantastic and I really enjoyed it. But it's kind of like, baseball like i don't really want to watch baseball on tv but i really enjoy going to a yankees game you know like there's something mm. about the energy and the atmosphere right and like the sweat and the spit kind of thing yeah um that i feel like i'm glad i got to see it like i'm glad i got to participate and see hamilton and stuff but it's just not quite the same as being in the room as aaron burr would say I would, it's interesting because I, I philosophically totally agree and I definitely also feel the same in as much as I care about sports, which I think as you guys know, it's not very much, but I, I definitely, I'm happy to go to a baseball game or especially to a, to a tennis match in person, have almost no interest in watching them on, on TV. Um, and I would have told you the same thing about a play or a musical, uh, but there are a couple differences here. I mean, I do think, and, and this is not, this is something that other people have said too, is that this is probably the best filmed version of a stage show I've ever seen like not not like dramatically different but they just did a really really good job and from what I understand they recorded multiple um actual shows and then they did one run through where there was no audience so they could actually get on stage and do all the close-ups and everything and it just you know it feels like you're you're really they're performing for you i think the thing the thing when you're watching a stage show filmed a lot of times it feels like they're not they're really performing for the live audience which is what they should do but you it there's like this weird sense of distance which i didn't get as much here and in fact you know part of the reason i was able to get seats for quote unquote only a few hundred dollars was because we were in the complete nosebleed <laughs> and, yeah, and that's this what is I was my general experience too. of broadway right is like seeing the tops of actors heads and like uh, here to actually see everyone up close and to see, like you were saying, the sweat and the spit. And like I was having some like Twitter conversations about this because I had no idea that everyone was getting so sweaty because I was so far away. But like to actually see the faces, like just it's like such a different experience. So it doesn't replicate what it's like to um, to be there in the room. But in, in some ways, it's like 
different and even arguably better because it's a, it's just a different experience, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really well shot and it felt like uh, like it it seemed to have all the emotional impact if not more of like what I would imagine it would be like to see it in person. So I was very happy with that. I didn't feel like it was a cheapened thing or like I had missed out. Um, yeah, I do think it was really seamless too. Like it doesn't feel like it was shot in th- three separate performances and then a stage performance or whatever it was, right? Or a, a audience free performance. Like it feels really organic and continuous and seamless. Like it was all one thing. So I thought that was great. And I didn't know what to expect because I've definitely seen some uh, filmed stage productions before and i've not been that happy with them so i i was i didn't have super high expectations but i think they did an excellent job yeah i agree and what i mean so what did we think of the show itself it was good i mean i think that i i I was i found it really i watched it with like my whole family and and my parents love musicals and they really enjoyed it my mother especially really enjoyed it i also really enjoyed it and was like uh more moved by certain parts than i thought i was gonna be but at the same time i wasn't like there was i don't know like i for me it feels like it was a lot longer ago than 2015 that this came out for whatever reason maybe there's a lot that has happened since then so that's why (laughs) but some of it felt like oh like why would you even like and i he's addressed some of the criticisms of this like lin-manuel about like glossing over slavery for instance right or like kind of just trying to ignore that question and but a lot of it felt like ah, i don't know is this guy good also i had no i had no knowledge of hamilton because we're not taught like in that level of specificity like american history obviously right except i knew about that a guy named hamilton alexander hamilton exists and i knew a guy named aaron Burr exists and that they had a duel that was the only thing i knew about them uh so and I didn't do any research ahead of this. So a lot of this was new to me, which was, was really interesting. So historically there was a lot that was just like purely interesting. But then again, I guess I have to go compare it to the actual record and make sure and see what was, you know, for fiction and what was, um, actually true. But yeah, I, I mean, I really liked it. I would say it's, it's a problem where it had almost impossibly high standards to live up to in terms of like how much hype it's gotten from both uh just like my immediate circle and also just like the wider critical community so i feel like that was against it but it's not like i didn't enjoy it like if i was taking it in a vacuum i would be like i thought this was fantastic but if i was like did it live up to what my incredibly lofty expectations for it were i would say no and there's a couple reasons about that i would say the main one though is like i don't think lin-manuel miranda is a good actor or broadway performer like i don't understand why he's doing that except for obviously (laughs) as a reward for all his hard work getting the thing made right but like you definitely should not be the by the primary performer in this thing that's absurd well i do think that he was like for sure outshone by the cast around him yeah you know what i mean and i think that like his um musical skills far outpace his actual acting skills which could i think he's terrible at singing just terrible at well it. i mean his singing voice maybe isn't like again 
at the same level as those around him. But like in terms of like the rapping and like the lyricism and stuff, like I think that he did a, a fine job, like pretty yeah. good job generally. But well, like, I also really don't like I am not giving up. I, it just doesn't work rhythmically for me. I it think it's did stupid. bother me ry- rhythmically too, but I like the theme of the song. But yeah, like sure. rhythmically, I was like, I feel like we're off beat for some reason. Yeah, like, but that could feel... also speak more to my rhythm than anything else. It's true. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I think that part of my like maybe my only criticism, along with kind of what Daryl's saying about Lin Manuel Miranda, I think it might have been better with someone else in that role, was that like, in a lot of musicals, you do have like periods of dialogue, like where there isn't any music, and it kind of like it gives you a chance to like not be so um, overstimulated, right? Like a musical is hyper, hyper stimulating, right? Where it's just like mm-hmm. constant like music and dancing and and lyrics and song. And like, it's just like kind of chips away at you in a way. And I, maybe the reason that this was, had almost zero of that was because Lin-Manuel Miranda, I think is better in song than he is, just in plain dialogue potentially Mm. um but that would be like my and it's a minor one like i i really enjoyed it but i just think that like you kind of almost are like oh i would love to just hear them talk for a second you know what i mean and like regain my bearings and like just slow it down and then lead us back into it just like one song after another song after another song it like almost felt like it never took a breather and that felt like toward the end I was just like I felt like kind of tired a little bit like a little bit overstimulated by the constant you know rhymes so to speak like Mm -hmm. it was just like give me a moment of of real feeling and dialogue you know not that the songs didn't have feeling because they did and I was definitely more moved by it like Daryl said than I expected to be particularly in certain pieces but I have to say I like the overall like the general premise of the fact that like Alexander Hamilton is like potentially one of the more important founding fathers in the United States, considering everything he had his hand in, right? Like mm-hmm. whether it comes to the economic system that we, you know, used to the, those early elections to the Revolutionary War, to the fact that like he was in, like a embodiment of the American dream of being an immigrant who came and like, you know, made a name for himself and didn't throw away his shot. Um, and there's so little, I mean, he's on the $10 bill, but like, do people know why or who he is? Probably not. You know, like it's often concentrated down into the idea that he had this duel with this dude and lost, you know? Um, and I like the idea that this, it's not only like a telling of his story, but it almost feels like it's him and Eliza and the rest of the the cast also being like, like realizing that the story was told like so much of it is about like will my story be told will i be remembered like will the history books write about me right like will i have a legacy and it's cool to see not only like yes you have a legacy yes we're telling this story and now you also know it kind of thing like obviously the real alexander hamilton doesn't know it but that's like kind of it like kind of was meta in that way which i really liked yeah i mean it and I, if I remember correctly, um, in fact, it, I mean, obviously, in a very, very small way, so the, it's based on this biography of uh, Alexander Hamilton that Ron Chernow wrote, and it came out in like I don't know, two thousand four or so. And then uh, 
Lin-Manuel Miranda read it um, and turned it into musical. And so like there's been this process over like the last 15 years of kind of rediscovering Hamilton and his role in American history, at least for like a general audience. And um, one like sort of illustration that was like how I guess for a while they were sort of talking about putting I think it was was it Harriet Tubman on the $10 bill? And then because this show came out, people were like, no, Hamilton is good. We we can't. We'll find a different dollar, like the denomination to put her face yeah, on. Yeah, I but think Hamilton the should still be on a bill. conversation has moved to the 20 now for yeah. Harriet Tubman. Which I fully endorse. Um, Me too, behind it. Like the other idea that of the show that I really like, but also speaks to what Daryl was talking about in terms of has the show like aged a little bit? And, and can you tell that it was made in 2015 and not 2020? Is this idea that, so obviously the all the actors, with the exception of King George, and maybe some of the the ensemble, um, yeah, but all ensemble. of the the main actors um, are, are are people of color, and it's this way of saying that you know this history is yours too, it's ours too, and just because these were all white guys, there are things that were like radical about this history, and and you know. Um, and, and, and really just sort of trying to reclaim that history for anyone in America, not just white people, which I think is like a really important message, but also is part of why I think people can argue with the politics of the show, because there's a question of like, well, is it really, was the American Revolution really revolutionary for slaves in the South? Like, no, it wasn't. And, right. and I think like that's acknowledged in the show, but it's not the subject of the show. The show is still ultimately the idea that this was a huge deal, which I think it was, um, and really important. And it, it sort of like mentioned slavery. And um, w- we were like passing some links back and forth. But I think there's been some discussion about the fact that Hamilton was anti-slavery. I think it's it's very it's that's like on the record that he was a founder of the New York Manumission Society, um, and he, in a lot of ways, represented in, in this sort of political battle with with Thomas Jefferson. He embodied a lot of the values of the North versus Jefferson and Madison, really um, advocating for the South and with all that that entails, including especially slavery. Um, but it doesn't mean that he was like racially progressive by 2020 standards or that ending slavery was like the most important thing to him. So I, I understand why people are now saying, well, let's not get maybe too carried away with talking about like what a great guy Hamilton was or how great the founding fathers was, were because they were pretty fucked up in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, also like even leaving that aside, like the it's like a hard square to circle around like the the his personal failings and like the treatment of eliza and like them trying to be like but this is okay and it's like is it i don't know like it sounds really shitty and like (laughs) i don't like i I don't know that he's redeemable and i also don't I, I, i to what extent are we getting into spoilers this with this or whatever I mean, it's five years old. Like, I know are we really it's like a historical it's also story. Not five years old. It's like three hundred. Although years I would old, actually so say, like... I and my my I had the experience when I first saw the show, and then I know that my girlfriend, when she watched it with me a week ago, had the same experience. Where actually the personal stuff was all new and surprising. Oh, so, me too. I didn't know about so it. So I think yeah. we should treat it as spoilers, even though technically, okay. Uh, okay. But um, but yeah, let's spoilers. talk about it in a second. Um, just. Is there anything we want to talk about before we get into spoilers? So I think one thing I'll say is that, like, I think the play did a really good job of taking a hero and a... You could call Aaron Burr a villain. I think he's actually 
more categorized as an anti-hero than a villain in many ways. And I think they did a really good job of not making it super binary, right? Like you obviously kind of side with Hamilton right from the get-go. You know, he's this like up-and-comer who comes from nothing and is, you know, going to leave his stamp on the world. And I mean, anybody can get behind an underdog, right? And so they do a good job of that without like... completely shying away from some of the things that make him a very flawed individual, you know, in big ways and also in like really like subtle ways, right? Like the obsession with legacy, I think is like this thing Mm -hmm. that kind of grates on you throughout the show. You're like, dude, like look around, you know what I mean? Like, and then same thing with Burr, right? Where like, it would be easy, particularly for someone like me who kind of like definitely remembers that story right and Burr seemed for a long time in my mind like this very petty man who like you know all he has to claim is winning this duel and killing you know what was a an important great man right at least in my you know memory of it and really understanding kind of like how he's motivated and making him feel very much more human right and like um the whole idea of like something to lose versus something to gain and how it feels to be the winner, so to speak, like how it it can also be stressful to be the winner and have something to protect. And, um, I thought, I thought the play did a really good job of that, right. Where it would be really easy to just go the binary route and make one good and one bad. And instead both are very like relatable, interesting, flawed individuals, right. That you can like really kind of empathize on both sides. Yeah, and I mean, I think that um, the performer who played uh, Burr, who I'm trying to remember now, Leslie Odom, Leslie Odom Jr. Jr. Yeah, um, he he and Divi Diggs, who plays uh, Lafayette and Jefferson, um, I think they're probably the standout performers for me. I mean, I think everyone is is amazing, um, and pretty much across the board, even the little the ensemble members who sort of like then get little roles and everything, like it's all like pretty perfect. Um, but they are just like, I mean, like the the Lafayette Jefferson role is more just sort of like purely kind of like virtuosic and kind of like doing these really Almost crazy comedic. raps and charisma and like, he's just such an amazing performer. And then with Burr, like you said, I think you feel like really emotionally connected with him. And, and it's, I mean, there are also just songs where you just are... Like, he's an amazing singer and performer, too. But he's the one who I also maybe connected with the most emotionally. I thought performance-wise, both Eliza and Angelica were amazing. Like I thought Eliza's was kind of flat and forgettable. Like, it could have been anybody. <laughs> really? I yeah. totally disagree. I thought Eliza was... I thought she really turned it on towards the end, but uh, I thought she was kind of... Well, I think that was built in, right? Like she was supposed to be like the meek, kind, like yeah. kind of quiet sister, and Angelica was really more role. of like the powerhouse. Yeah. yeah, like still didn't seem like signature for me. I feel like that was another one where like I would like to see other people acting that role and see how it, it would be done. But Angelica was fantastic. She's amazing. Remember her from uh, Alter Carbon. Carbon? Yeah, which I only realized while watching it. I was like is that the lady from Altered Carbon? And it was, and it's insane. But Well, yeah. regardless of whether or not you think they performed well, I do think it was interesting that it felt like the songs that they were highlighted in were written like specifically for their voices, 
And I could mm-hmm. be just like tripping on that because like other actors were in the workshops and, you know, so they weren't necessarily written for these two actors, but like their voices were highlighted by the songs they sang, like what they were capable of doing in a way. And I thought that was pretty cool. Right. Um, and I also have to say that Jonathan Groff as King George the third was like amazing. Like his voice is amazing. His performance is amazing. Like the comedic flourishes, the song itself, like kind of recurring throughout as like this, like, um, unrequited lover, but like with cruelty, I don't know. It was, (laughs) it was really, really, really good. I mean, just such a delight. Yeah. He, he was like uh, outstanding. I don't know. He did such a great job. And like that one, I would have a hard time being like, I don't know. I haven't seen anybody else do it, obviously, but I (laughs) can't imagine. You'd have trouble swapping in actors for that one. Yeah. 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 After your single watch. The show I saw, I think he was off shooting the first season of Mindhunter or something like that. Um, and so, or maybe he, can, he was filming something for like, you know, two weeks. And so Andrew Rennell uh, filled in and he was good. But like Jonathan Groff is definitely much better. Also, I think I was there for Andrew Rennell's first night and he forgot his lines initially. <laughs> so he's sort of just oh standing there for a second. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah. No, but like. It's great to see Andrew Reynolds because he's yeah. he's incredible too. But um, yeah, there's one point where I think in his first scene on where he's singing his song, I was thinking like this literally can't get any better. And then he hits this like high C or something, and you're like, holy yeah. shit! <laughs> like he made it better. <laughs> How did he do that? Like it was just oh impeccable. Chef's kiss. Yeah, I and I would agree with you that I think. Lin-Manuel Miranda is the weak link. Not because I think he's a bad performer, but, you know, the good and bad thing about the show is that he's stuffed it with people who are just better, even better than, that are, like, I think he's a pretty good performer. Everyone else is a great performer. And um, also that there's a specific thing that he, I mean, wrote for himself, which is he has to do a decent amount of not quite cry singing, but, like, getting towards right. cry singing where he's, his, his voice is, like, heavy and breaking up with emotion. And I just find it like he's really not good at that mod- maudlin and pandering when he does that, like because of the performance, it's, not because. Yeah. Yes. It's so empty. It. Like yeah. either like this is totally going to be lost on you guys, but hopefully there are listeners that care. So <laughs> did you guys ever see the first season of American Idol? Surprisingly, no. Okay. Hard to well, recall. That was I a encourage long time you. Ago. I know it was a really long time ago, but it was Kelly Clarkson, right? Like right. who is like probably the only American Idol with the you know exception of maybe Karen Carrie Underwood that like was a big deal. And when she wins, she sings the song "A Moment Like This." You guys know that song, right? Yes, sure, but like not you know to okay. heart. That's not the, the Kelly point. Clarkson songs I know. Yeah. The point is that, like, the song itself is, the lyrics are all about, like, people wait a lifetime for a moment like this. Like, people search forever, right? Like, I can't believe this is happening to me. And she had just won American Idol. And so when she sings the song, like, her voice is breaking and she's, like, actually crying. And there are some notes she can't hit, but it's one of my favorite performances to watch ever because, like, she fucking means it. You know what I mean? Like she is having a real moment, a moment like this, right? Where like, even though the song, it's not beautifully sung, 
you like feel so much for her in that moment because she's obviously like just committed to these words and committed to this moment and like really living in it. And it feels like so empty when Lin-Manuel Miranda is like cry singing and it still like sounds pretty good, but like, he's just like, whoa, you know? And you're like, dude, just like actually feel it. Like we, we actually wouldn't mind if you didn't hit the note, if we felt like you were actually feeling those emotions, but you don't seem to be feeling those emotions. You seem more concerned with hitting the note. And like, you can't, you can't just walk the line between those two things. You have to commit one way or the other. Either don't cry and sing it perfectly or cry and don't sing it perfectly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think, like, I feel like his, the whole thing with him is I, if you just step back and are like, okay, like for a Broadway production, like a top tier Broadway production, would any director that is not Lin-Manuel Miranda cast Lin-Manuel Miranda in the lead role? And I don't think there's any way to answer that yes, like prior to his success with this. Like he's just not up to par with the, the actual performers who are out on Broadway, right? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because, I mean, he has certainly been cast in things since then um, in, in Mary Poppins right. Returns and... Oh, he's been cast in things since then. Of course yeah, he has. Yeah, but it's like right? it's because of his star power. You can, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, That would be the argument. Yeah. And I think he's fine, actually. You were going to mention the his Dark Materials, right? Yeah. I still don't think he's doing a terrific job in that, but I think he's fine in that. Um but, I don't remember yeah. him in that. What what part does he play? I only saw a couple episodes. I really need to go back to that. He probably didn't come in then yet. He's oh, like the balloon he's in a later man. Who, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. Okay, well, I don't know what that means, but okay. He's not made out of balloons. He flies a balloon. It's, yeah. Okay. <laughs> With fancy <laughs> like, attire. What did they do sometimes. to him? Yeah. Uh, well, should we move into spoilers? Yeah, let's do it. I don't understand, Anthony. I mean, the listeners can't see this, but you are, it's getting darker and darker around you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What is happening? Is the weather changing? Like, are you losing power? Yeah, it's just my, um, because we are like surrounded by tall apartment buildings, like small changes in the cloud cover and stuff can make my room seem really dark. And then I think because I turned my desk lamp on, which I thought would make it less creepy, but I think it made things more creepy. <laughs> no, it's good. No one it's else fine. You're see. just like, you're, you look like you're being interrogated. Like <laughs> yeah. you have a spotlight on you. If only we could get the lamp to like swing a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think at some point, I guess after in the next couple of weeks, once I unpack all the video equipment, I'll have a, a ring light, which will be better. But right. Anyway. Okay. So if you do not know the real story of Alexander Hamilton and you have not seen the show and you don't want to be spoiled which again i mean it's real life spoilers but there are some some surprises so uh, you should you should stop listening now and we don't have to recount the whole thing i think because a lot of it's pretty i think we should go song by song yeah <laughs> but i think uh we can at least focus focus on one strand initially which is what Janelle was talking about which is the um personal strand with eliza who is hamilton's wife and we I think part of the reason why I was a little surprised by how it plays out is because you know it's sort of hinted at from the beginning in the opening song that Hamilton's going to be unfaithful to her, but... I don't remember it hinted. Oh, maybe... I don't know. I guess there was something that... I mean, I trust you sure they bring me, it up, but I just don't remember picking up on that at all. I remember thinking there was going to be trouble early on. I mean, maybe it just is because there's just this, you know, uh, incredible chemistry between him and uh, angelica. angelica 
Eliza's sister. So they're the Skylar sisters. Um, and at least as it's shown here, he first flirts with Angelica. And in, in many ways, like intellectually, she's a better match for him than Eliza is. But then she pairs him off with Eliza, who has a bigger crush on him. And um, also because he doesn't have any money. And so Angelica feels like she has to marry somebody with more status than him. And Oh, I think it's because just to some desk side research i think he's there's like the segment where they all say how they sacrificed for hamilton or oh, how yeah. they're related to him and i think eliza says me i trusted him and then angelica says me i loved him so you're right. like oh there's some infidelity and and that's what i thought the whole time especially when they did the big number with angelica which was fantastic i really liked that segment when they did like they did the, the wedding scene. Yeah, the fast right. forward oh, wedding scene, so good. Rewind, and then the yeah. rewind and go through again from her perspective. That was maybe the best part of which the I've play. never like, seen done on stage before. I've seen it done in a movie, but never on stage. Yeah, it was yeah. really good. And they did that, like not exactly that, but they did like a a, a moment of that kind of with the actual final um, duel as well, where you feel like time is frozen, you mm-hmm. know, and you get to like yes. go through someone's the path, the bullet. Thing. Yeah, that was cool. Go yeah. through someone's thoughts a little bit, like in a in a moment. But yeah, I liked that scene as well. Yeah, yeah. but so th- I mean, all of that was great, and then and then I guess it's one of those places where like, okay, this is based on reality though, so you have to deal with reality, which is not always uh, fictionally satisfying, like narratively satisfying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and also like you're going by, so here's my question, right? And just to clarify for the listeners, like Angelica was not necessarily who he had an infidelity with. Right. It's or at not. Least, I mean, like as, as a physical know, infidelity yeah. with, it was with a woman named Mariah mm-hmm. who came from nothing and he ended up having like a year long or maybe more than that affair with her and paying off her husband, which comes back to bite him publicly his public life as well. But like my question is the Angelica Hamilton, Eliza triangle. Like, are we sure that they were in love in real life or like, is all of that coming? Cause I know that they spent a long time on that idea of Hamilton writing her a note that says my dearest comma Angelica. I think it's that that is standing in for like a long, intense correspondence between them, where if you read the the letter, I mean, I haven't read all, I, but I, I have read the biography, which quotes from those letters. And, and you definitely get the sense that they were very, very close and had like a real like intellectual cl- connection that um, Alexander and Eliza didn't necessarily. So, But we don't necessarily think it was like consummated in any way. It was more just like that yeah. they were love letter writers. Right. And that they yeah. were very close and they were, yeah, there's like this unit of three of them who were, who were very, very close with each other. Um, that doesn't mean it didn't happen, just there's no evidence necessarily. Because Eliza in the, in the play doesn't seem bothered by Angelica and Hamilton's closeness at all. Yeah, she doesn't seem to suspect them of anything, right? But Yeah, so what, what ends up happening instead, like you said, is, is that um, he has this affair with this woman, uh, Mariah Mariah um, Reynolds I think Reynolds mm-hmm. yeah and and so I, I think Daryl that's what you were alert, alluding to is then there's um basically because of the payments he made to to keep the affair a secret 
um, those are discovered, and there are then these rumors that he is, you know, like, I don't know exactly what the rumors were, but essentially that yeah. he's, you know, doing something illicit with, with like, U.S. government funds or, or potentially, yeah. like, engaging in illegal speculation, which he then used his position to to try to back up. Um, and and the question of, was there an abuse of power? And, and it turns out, and so he basically writes a, a letter that, or um, a pamphlet, um, that that lays out what actually happened, which is that he was, you know, having an affair and was blackmailed, which does not make him look good, but also establishes that he didn't abuse his power. Um, and so there's a period where, well, there's that, and then on top of that, his um, while his name is getting dragged in the mud, his son agrees to or decide, challenges somebody to a duel to defend his honor, who's been like shit talking him. And and his son, at least in the, in the telling here, gives like decides to follow his father's advice, which I think was very co- fairly common practice. Which is you know he shot into the air rather than um, shooting the, at the person to try to defend his honor. But unfortunately, his opponent cho- chose a different route and shot his shot him. Um, and so he there's sort of the double tragedy of the affair being revealed and then the death of his son. And so Eliza is understandably really really upset with him. And, um, but then, you know, within a song or two, then they're reconciled again. And I think that's what you're referring to. Um, yeah, I mean, I was more referring to the fact that like, if you were writing this as a pure fiction, like the affair would have been with Angelica and it would have been like, it, like you would have had all this investment in it and like work done to make this seem like okay i can understand why he would do this like they Mm. had this very strong relationship but because it's messy reality it's like no he just had sex with this woman and then engaged in a really like just a payoff affair with her husband to continue having sex with him which is very like dirty and small and not you know it has nothing to do with like grand feelings or anything like that so it's not a it's not a satisfying like tumbling down from on high f- for this character it just looks like oh well we had to we had to incorporate this because this is what happened right and it's like real life and everything else about this has the scale and impact of fiction right but then it's like oh yeah but then you know life life intercedes and it's kind of dirty and it's kind of awkward and i mean maybe you can spin that as good but to me it just felt like narratively unsatisfying on the in the overall picture well and like just to like tack onto that i agree with you although like i i guess i'm more in the camp of like you know real life is pretty random and i actually like appreciate when things aren't tied into pretty bows but i will say that like it was harder and maybe this is by you know um design but like the pamphlet writing to me was like the straw that broke the camel's back and not right. necessarily the affair, right? Like yeah. caring more about your own image than like the well-being of Eliza who throughout the whole movie is like whether you find her flat or not, like a, an unquestionably like good character, right? Yeah. Like an objectively good person who like has nothing mean to say, is kind, is sweet. Um and like to do that to your family, that for me was like, fuck this guy, right? Like, are you yeah. joking? Well, um, I think they did a good job of doing, of making it seem like initially like, 
like it's definitely his virtue right is that he's his writing and like that's what he's able to climb up by but it's also a, a, he's compelled it's it's like something he, he can't, can't stop yeah, yeah he's addicted to it and it ends up like being his undoing there too because the, i don't think they try to present that as a good idea in any way right they're like mm-hmm. this ended up being stupid and i mean i think they do imply that it did actually save his political reputation um because yeah a yeah line in the song where they're like well at least he wasn't um you know something something with our money yeah but he, he could not but it did preclude like they also implied that it precludes any chance of him becoming president right? right so it's like if you had chosen the other path maybe there's always whispers but you could become president because there's no confirmation right but so i think they leave it open for that and make it seem more like a misstep that follows from all of his other previous like good steps and it's just you know this is the part this is the price of your strategy is this um but I, it's hard to to say because eliza is definitely good and all of her advice is good and right from like a hamilton personal perspective but then you also think like well but if he had followed any of her advice he wouldn't have had the political effect that he had right like he wouldn't have created the u.s financial system which is another thing actually that i was like and again, maybe it's just like the 2015 to now, although even at 2015. Right, it was post-Occupy Wall Street. Yeah, it's like, was that good? I don't know. <laughs> it, it was good for, for a good number of years, yes. But, right. <laughs> but ultimately, capitalism, ultra-cap, super-capitalism. Right, so and that, yeah, and I think like it's, you know, the show doesn't really deal with that. I mean, I think yeah. what is true is that like, I guess I sort of, if I have to choose between like industrial capitalism or plantation slavery, which is essentially right. what the battle was then, um, then I would you, choose go industrial capitalism yeah. <laughs> and then try to make it better, uh, yeah. which I think is essentially what happened. Um, with I mean, that's alighting a lot of pain and suffering and, and what have you. But um, yeah, I mean, no, I, that's I, fair. That's fair. It's just funny. It's funny to see Wall Street positioned in a sort of heroic light and like when it when, is weird and yeah. Like, yeah. kind of like mystifying right now, <laughs> knowing, we, knowing how it all turned out but like yeah. but it would have turned out much blame, worse if plantation yeah exactly like <laughs> there are other people to blame for where capitalism went wrong than hamilton yeah. right and i think the argument is even it's less that he's a heroic figure although i think in some ways he is but more that like in a lot of ways he embodied and built the america that we live in, you know some of us live in now which you know in many ways isn't great um but at least like you that that, that it's sort of it's more like about the influence and then also finding inspiration in his story. Um, yeah. yeah. No. And I think like the message is uh, like the, the, the immigrants get shit done message is clearly like makes a lot of sense here. Right. And I think that's yeah. presented well and it's, and the Thomas Jefferson character is a really good foil to that being like, uh, I was just hanging out and then I went and hung out in France for a while and then came back and expected everything to go my way and yeah like what's did, up with you right? guys <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that oh god it's just he's such um yeah like just like such an, a magnificent shit like yeah uh, it's it's so fun um which i mean i will say that definitely this show changed the way i look and and like doing a little bit of research afterwards like definitely changed the way i look at jefferson which again like all of the founding fathers are very complex figures because they've right. They did something incredible and also created or propped up these completely indefensible systems. Um, and so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a mixed bag all around. But definitely, I think the one who 
suffers the most in this show or, or where my opinion changed the most was probably Jefferson. Where I was like, oh yeah, that guy kind of sucks. Same. Yeah. yeah. Well, what about but, John Adams though? They really made him seem like he's just basically <laughs> the butt of jokes. And <laughs> That's true. And he doesn't, and he's never on, he's not, on stage. Yeah, yeah. He's not yeah. even like a person like King George the third is more likable than John. Adams. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I will say the one thing I liked about uh, the, the, where both, Lin-Manuel Miranda and the Eliza character work for me is right before the final duel. He's um, writing before he's writing something down and she wakes up and he uses something that apparently was in Hamilton's real letters. He, the phrase best of wives and best of women. And that mm. just kills me. Like, and because yeah. he knows he's going to this duel and that he might die. And like, I just found that incredibly moving and and that's a place where because it's i think partly because it's simpler so it's still a little bit of cry singing but it's not quite as over the top and because the moment calls for the emotion that that he brings to it um yeah i just thought it was uh that that moment every time i see it just totally kills me yeah i also like don't like filler songs so much but the scene following the death of philip hamilton where they're talking about like you can't imagine what they're going through yeah, and, like if you see him in the park and like yeah like you know normally like a a bit like that i feel like just like, get me to the next part of the story sometimes but that one was one that really worked for me actually and i thought it was like important to the story you know whether or not like you agree with him being redeemed and them kind of like going and living this quieter life like i it just felt important yeah i like that one i also didn't feel like this dragged in real any any places i always found it compelling and uh even though it was i mean two hours 50 minutes right uh, it was very long yeah with a one minute intermission <laughs> Yeah, I was wondering how they were going to handle that. I thought that was good. They created an intermission, but didn't make you wait 15 minutes. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. like pee and then we'll see you in a minute. Yeah, I did pause it there and I was like, am I supposed to pause it? But I I skipped it. Yeah. But I also felt like a little bit rushed to get through it. Not like rushed because I enjoyed it and I like didn't skip over anything, but like I, when I turned it on, I was under the impression that I would have my dad leaves today. So I was under the impression I would have time to spend with him when it was over. And I was like, <laughs> oh shit, this is three hours long. Like, hmm. We're not going to take the actual minute break. We're just going <laughs> to. You got to get that minute back. Yeah. Um, I, I would say the one song that I didn't like was the very last song where they sort of summarize and, and it's sort of like there's a couple songs that kind of blur together um, or, or like they slide into one another. And so um, Aaron Burr, like singing about how he becomes the villain um, in your history and how the world was wide enough. Um, that, I think, is, is a good song. But then it turns into Eliza basically summarizing everything that happens after Hamilton's death. Yes. And like, I understand why they did that. And I think Philippa Sue like did a heroic job with that song. But because that song is just pure exposition, it just kind of, it, it never works for me. And it feels like there's just a lot of awkward lines where they're trying to pack so much information into the, and like, you know, I think every every other song in, in the uh, musical is is great. I mean, I, I think like there's an element of the first two songs, My Shot and just, and Alexander Hamilton are a little bit overplayed at this point. So it's hard to really, for them to really feel fresh, but like, Musically, I think it's it's pretty much perfect. And then we hit that last song, and, and it's not terrible, but I'm just kind of like, meh, all right. This is, I don't love this. 
It yeah. almost like necessitates like it. that gasp at the end, right? Mm-hmm. Like, which like I I read a little bit about it, and like Lin Manuel Miranda was like, yeah, she's like traversing time and space or whatever. Like, no one's been super crystal clear about it and apparently every performer that's played the role has had like a different kind of take on it and different conversations about like what that actually means but i think the general consensus is that it's like her realizing that the story has been told and seeing the audience right like Mm -hmm. oh the audience we have one right for this Mm -hmm. story um which i really liked but i think you're right anthony that it's like that moment would have been much more I don't know. It, like they kind of go hand in hand, but like you, the only part you like about it is the gasp, not the like ten minutes of storytelling before it, which yeah. is hyperbolic. Obviously, it wasn't ten minutes, but it felt like it. Yeah, I also found that a bit like too. Uh, it, there was too much work to be done in that song that it doesn't, it can't do. Like because it's attempting to like recenter it on Eliza and like. Like, you can't do that after the opening song being like 20 minutes of like Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> well, and the whole know, thing like, is just right. And then you're like, oh yeah, but like she did the great thing, which was make sure that we know this guy's story. Like it's right. it's really tough to do. And what I found much more satisfying, and again, this is like fiction versus reality. You can't really change it. But like when she writes herself out of the narrative, I had wished it just stayed that way. That's the yeah. ultimate revenge. And that would have been wonderful. Right. If it's like, no one gets to see my emotions when they come through this, and I I withhold that from the record. I withhold all of this from history. Like that'd be fantastic if that was the way it actually went. Again, it's like I can't rewrite history, but if I could, <laughs> I'm gonna try real quick. And what's moving to me again is not this sort of everything she does after his death. It's like their goodbye, which he knows might be their goodbye. Like, and yeah. that to me carries a lot more emotional weight than like she started an orphanage in New York City, which is great, but like is a very abstract um, yeah. thing right. versus like the relationships that we actually see on the stage. No, I think I think that that would also that would have been like a better, a more affecting endpoint. And then, but I do feel like there was some kind of feeling of responsibility of having to inject her back into the like make her more significant in the story. Mm-hmm waiting wise relative to hamilton and i understand the impulse to do that i don't think this accomplished that and if anything it only highlighted like how much that was not true right so yeah i i, I didn't think i think i i agree with you 100 anthony like that was the weakest part it felt weird it felt a little bit like being in search of an ending and being like i don't i gotta do something how do i do this and not really thinking it through or taking a, a revision attempt at that and looking at it and going like, maybe I can cut this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, overall I would say that my experience of it, of, of Hamilton is, you know, like loving it when it first came out and then not having listened to the soundtrack or really engaged with it for several years or, or the only way I would hear about it was occasionally people, you know, inevitably carping about it or, or, you know, pointing out some of its flaws. Or I think for a lot of people now who haven't really watched or listened to it, it just sounds like this completely insane thing. Oh, like they made a hip hop musical about this founding father for Broadway. And it's these sort of like, when you summarize it, it can feel like these sort of cookie cutter liberal politics. Um, and so in my head, it kind of was that it, it became the thing that, that, people said about it negatively or at least a little bit and then watching it again was just like oh my god like this is just such an entertaining show like 
And mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to talk about in terms of like the politics and, and what works and what doesn't and what's held up and what hasn't. But like just as like a show, except for the last song, it is pretty much a perfect show. It just is. You're just engaged and entertained and humming yeah. and never bored for the entire runtime. Yeah, I, I found it like and I, I like I'm a fan of musicals. I, I enjoy them. But I, this was like probably the least lumpy one that i've ever run up against in terms of pure enjoyment um i and jordan was talking about like this the sung through the sung through musicals can be a challenge like the the opera style ones that actually have no spoken word but i i i think this one did it really well i really i really liked it and um i wouldn't have changed that that part of it but uh yeah i it's fantastic i also had a quick look at the Wikipedia just to see what the Tonys were because I didn't know the actual, like, who won and who didn't. Lin-Manuel Miranda was nominated for Best Actor but lost, and Leslie Odom Jr. won, which is fantastic. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Carl loves a little A lot of that was because, A, he deserved it. I mean, Leslie Odom Jr. totally deserved it. I think part of it is probably also, like, a lot of people filling in Lynn Mar- or checking off Lynn manuel Miranda's name for so many other categories. He like won other things, game. yes. Yeah, he like won three game. other awards. <laughs> like, he's <laughs> he has so many fucking awards. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I, like, made it sound like I was angry. <laughs> they gave Lynn manuel Miranda so many awards. <laughs> God, no, I'm all deserved. But I think it was also yeah. they knew that, like, he was going to get a ton of awards and but also Leslie Odom is definitely the better performer. Yeah, yeah. That false yeah. Setup. The awards the awards line up with like very well with my opinion of the performances. Just saying, I should be on the train. <laughs> <here. laughs> oh my god, Daryl. <laughs> that's, that's good. Well, I'm sure We're you now get an invitation uh, to the play <laughs> critic. I actually don't know how you get into that. But. Yeah, you probably have to be involved in some way in the industry. <laughs> Daryl's like, I'm going to become a casting agent for Broadway plays. Yeah, Thank yeah. you very much. I'll, I'll fix all your problems. <laughs> uh, do we have any final thoughts about Hamilton? I think we did a pretty solid job been yeah, for it's a while now. Definitely a reason to sign up for Disney Plus if you're not. like, Just sign up, watch it, and then and then cancel your subscription if that's what you, you want to do. Oh, but. my God. <laughs> I learned today, too, that I think you get it for free if you're a Verizon Wireless customer. That's not meant to sound as an ad, but that's true, right? If you sign up true. as a new customer, I think. Yeah. Oh, well, bullshit, man. I was like, why don't I have Disney Plus for free? <laughs> of course. Well, they don't need to incentivize you. You're already in. I don't get anything <laughs> for free. It sucks, man. You got to threaten to leave, and then you get I'm paying for free. everything. Yeah. Yeah, uh, if you don't have Disney Plus, uh, especially because they haven't released a bunch of new stuff for a while, like this is definitely a good reason to do it. And um, yeah, just as always, uh, if you feel like subscribing to the original content podcast on Apple Podcasts, we really appreciate it. We also appreciate positive reviews. We also appreciate it if you will follow us on Twitter at Original Content. And you can let us know what you think of this episode or about Hamilton at Original Content at TechCrunch.com. Thank you so much for listening. Daryl and Jordan, have a great weekend. Yeah, you, you too. too.